Good morning. Happy Thursday to you. My name is Tim Harris. It's 10 o'clock. It's time for Tim with Tim. Uh, I really love you guys. Thank you for uh, taking time to join me each week in the Word. We're going verse by verse to the book of Proverbs right now. Proverbs chapter 6. I like cha- I like it all, but I like chapter 6. There's really a lot here. I probably should have broken this one up. Uh, we're beginning to get to a little more of just the, you know, the wisdom content. We've had a lot of, you know, my child listen to me, you know, chase after wisdom, stay away from loose women, you know, but uh, chapter six, we're really beginning to get into some of the, the broader themes of the book. For example, chapter six, verses one through five begins with this uh, admonition of wisdom concerning loans. Uh, overall, in the Old Testament, uh, loaning money uh, to—it's—it's it's at best morally dubious and usually forbidden. For example, you're—you're you're never supposed to loan money or charge interest to a fellow Israelite. The—the the point of the matter is, if they're in need and you have the money, give it to them. I mean, I mean this is—I know you don't want to hear that. That's not how our society works, you know. But according to the Old Testament, according to the Book of Proverbs. That's the proper way to handle that. If somebody has a need and you have it in your power to do good to them, remember we read that, uh, you give it to them. Uh, you don't charge interest. You don't make them pay you back. You just, if you have it, they need it, you give it. Um, and then here in chapter six, again, it's that whole idea of, you know, but, but what if you, you know, what if you ended up signing, you know, putting your name on a note for your brother-in-law's new car, and you know he's an idiot, you know, what do you do now, you know? And so verses one through five just say, get out of it. I mean, that's what it says. My child, if you've already put up security for a friend's debt or agreed to guarantee the debt of a stranger, okay, friend, stranger, that pretty much covers everybody. You know, the whole idea is, I don't don't think you should be doing this. You know, I don't think you should be doing this. Now, I'm not, I don't know, I'm not saying that it's wrong of you to sign you know, put your name on the lease for your daughter's apartment in college. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not saying it. I'm just saying that in the Old Testament, any sort of loans, any sort of interest, any sort of debt is is at best, as I say, morally dubious. It's, it's not something you want to do. So if you've already trapped yourself by the agreement, he says, if you've already been caught by what you said, you signed your name at the bank, what does this say? Get out of it. Swallow your pride. Go beg to have your name taken off that note. Get your name off that lease. You know, don't put it off. Do it now. Don't rest until, don't you even sleep, girl. You just go right now and get your name off of that lease, you know. Uh, save yourself like a gazelle escaping from a hunter. Uh, the financial guru, Dave Ramsey, uses this verse to talk about what he calls gazelle intensity. In other words, man, if you're trapped in debt, like a bird caught in a net, you know, you got to bust out of this with gazelle intensity. You know what I mean? And it comes from Proverbs chapter six, verse five, gazelle intensity. If you realize you done trapped yourself in in an agreement, you know, signing for somebody, there's just a great risk involved with that. And I think the focus of the book of Proverbs is that most people can't afford that loss. And, uh, uh, for that matter, if you had the money in the first place, give it to them. Uh, I know, I know. That's not exactly how we operate. That's not how our economy works. 
But that's how God's word seems to uh, operate. Verses 6 to 11, lessons in laziness. And I love this. Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. <laughs> Take a lesson from the ants. I love how the simple observation of creation, what God has made, is one of the you know paths to wisdom. And speaking of paths, it says, take a lesson from the ants. Learn from their paths. You know, again, this path theology you find in Proverbs. Pay attention to where the ant, the, the road the ants travel and where it leads them. They travel a road of hard work. Uh, they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work. You know, again, they're not clocking in and out. They don't have anybody, you know, up there, you know, you know, beating the drum or, you know, any other, holding a gun to their heads. They just work, y'all. That's just what they do. It's just their way of being in the world. They just work. They labor hard all summer. They gather food for the winter. But you, lazy bones, how long, you, you know, when are you going to get up, you know? Uh, when are you going to wake up? A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Yeah, it's just the idea. This person is like, oh, you know, I will do it. I'm on, to, today. I, I, I'm tired. The weekend was rough. I'm, I'm gonna sleep today. You know, and and then probably tomorrow I'm gonna sleep too. And that's the point. Poverty is gonna pounce on you like a bandit. You know, your lazy bones, your sleepy head. You know, get up and go to work. I mean, it's pretty harsh. So it sounds like your grandpa, right? I mean, get up and go to work. You know, laying around lazy bones, that is not any way to work. That's not how wise people are. That's foolish. You know, get up, go to work. You know, poverty is going to pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity is going to attack you like an army. You are a sitting duck for uh, everything bad. That's what it's saying. Uh, verse 12, what are worthless people, wicked people like? And then we get a description here. Constant liars, signal their deceit with a wink of the eye, nudge of the foot, wiggle of the fingers, or perverted hearts plot evil. They constantly stir up trouble. Just notice how, and you move through this description, you sort of describe the wicked man's essence. He's a constant liar. Um, his demeanor, you know, wink in the eye, nudge in the foot, wiggle of the fingers is always a tell, Right? Uh, his inner life, his perverted heart plots evil, constantly stirs up trouble. His effect on others, his effect on the community. And then uh, he's only destroyed suddenly his, uh, his ultimate destiny, broken in an instant beyond all hope of healing. So again, we're getting into these smaller sections of teaching. Not quite to the beads on a string yet, but these smaller sections themselves aren't necessarily connected. Uh, verses 16 to 19, you're going to see one of these, this pattern in the Proverbs. It's this, uh, hey, there's six things, yay, seven things, you know, six things God hates us, seven things actually he don't like at all. And uh, that's the pattern here. Uh, six things the Lord hates, you know, seven things his soul detests. It's one of the few references of God, you know, the soul of God. The idea is, man, this is deep inside of him, you know, deep in his character. Haughty eyes, you know, pride, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who sows discord in a family. God hates that. You know, never known that person who, for whatever reason, they seem to get pleasure when they can just stir something up and then sit back and watch it, you know? Um, and it used to be this guy, we used to ride the school bus with a bunch of Woodburn hoodlums because I was a Woodburn hoodlum. And, uh, and there's this one guy, he never fought. I never saw this guy fight. But what he would do, he would just sit back and go, hey, there was this other kid named Ricky that, that always liked to fight. And he'd go, hey, Ricky, you know, Tim says he wants to fight you, you know, and I'm like, what? You know, Ricky's like, what? You want a piece of me? You know, and it's like, dude, I mean, that guy just, 
entertained somehow by just reaching up here and stirring something up and then sitting back and watching the fireworks. And the scripture says, God hates that. You know, so whether it's in a family or in a church family, in a neighborhood, man, man if you just, if you're that person that likes to just, you know, you just open a door, throw a stink bomb in and then stand back, you know, God hates that. I'm not saying God hates you. God loves you. But man, God hates that behavior. Uh, God hates that. Uh, verses 20 uh, to, to 35, uh, we're back to uh, this uh, admonitions around sexual ethics, sexual morality. This specifically has to do with the forbiddenness of adultery. Uh, it's, it, it's really amazing. Once more, my son, obey your father's commands. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. The assumption there is that young men learn something. They have these conversations with their parents. And like I say, I, I hope that's true these days. I'm afraid it's not. The, the men I talk to as a pastor, the men I deal with every day, Many of them learned about sex from other boys. So basically, they learned nasty things from other nasty boys and, and from pornography. And so now, all of their knowledge and associations with sex are all wrapped up in shame. You know, it's hard for them to even understand or relate to what God intends for the man and his wife because, man, everything they know about sex, they learned in some nasty way. You know, some people don't even know actual words. The only words they know are nasty words. And I'm talking about grownups with degrees, you know, but I'm just saying that's, that is as far as their conversations around sexual things have ever gone. They, they just do nasty things, feel shameful, you know, uh, it's just, uh, it's a crisis show. I was, I was sitting in a hospital one day waiting for a, a, a Christian woman to get out of surgery. I'm sitting with her Christian husband. I mean, like, you know, I'm the pastor and a, uh, you know, like Kelly and Ryan come on the TV and uh, this dude, you know, like says, like Kelly comes on TV and he's like, nice legs. And I'm like, hey, I, don't, I don't think he just said that, you know. And then he said, really nice legs, you know. And I'm like, dude, like, you know, I'm a, pa I'm a pastor, you know. I'm a man. Yeah, I'm a man, but like, what is that? You know, it's just the way that men, our, our, our sexual inclinations, our sexual just comes up from this weak, weaselly kind of place inside of us. And, and we struggle, men struggle. And as I say here, the assumption is that you, you may have learned something from your father. The word commands is used there, very, very strong instructional terms. Uh, can a man scoop flame into his lap and not have his clothes catch on fire? Can he walk on hot coals and not blister his feet? Um, let me just say that lap and feet are both used euphemistically there, um, and I'll, I'll just leave it at that, but the implication there is that the, the punishment or the consequences of that are both um, inevitable, but, but also um, d deserved. Like, dummy, you took flame into your lap, you know, of course you're going to get burned. Dummy, you walked on hot coals, of course you're going to get, you know. In other words, man, you, 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 you make stupid sexual decisions and you're going to, uh, I mean, you can stand back and predict what's going to happen. Uh, it's inevitable and uh, in many ways it's deserved. Uh, man, somebody could get caught stealing the, the Proverbs 30 says, and then you could, you could, you could excuse him by saying, well, he's probably hungry, but any man who commits adultery, man, he's just dumb. That's what the proverb says. He's just an utter fool. Verse 32, any man who commits adultery, he's just stupid, you know? 
Can't say he couldn't help it. Can't say he's a weak moment. He's just stupid. He'll be wounded to disgrace. His shame will never be erased. Yeah. Whew. Uh, anyway, tough words, but uh, it's just amazing. Again, you gotta love Proverbs. It's so practical. Just so very, very good. Uh, anyway, ha have a happy Thursday, y'all. That was, that was kind of hard. It was severe, wasn't it? Um, but uh, I love you guys, and I, and I love being in the Word with you. Tomorrow, Proverbs chapter 7, verses 1 to 27. All right, Proverbs chapter 7, verses 1 to 27 for tomorrow. Have a wonderful Thursday. Stay in the Word. Uh, stay close to the Lord. Stay pure. And, uh, and again, I'll see you, Lord willing, 10 o'clock in the morning uh, for Tim and Tim. Love you guys so much. I'll see you tomorrow.